0: Session of the day. Let us pray. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved and Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Amen. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. And you me and me my Let us kneel and be seated the confession of oh, sin.
1: O Almighty God, merciful Father,
2: I am a warrior of the Confess unto you all my sins today.
3: With which I have ever offended you, and thus deserve your temporary and eternal mercy. I am heartily sorry for them,
0: and sincerely repent of them, and I pray you to proud of your boundless mercy, and to the sake of the holy, innocent, innocent, innocent God, share who's in the world
4: being soul Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord,
3: who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
1: What? Therefore prophesy, and say to them, Thus says the Lord God. Behold, I will open your graves.
0: reading it the whole time. So that the Son of God may be glorified through him. Now Jesus loved Martha and his sister and Lazarus. So when he heard Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then, after this, he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? Lazarus has died, and for your sake I am glad that I was not there, so you may believe, but well, let us go there. So Thomas, called the twig, and said to his fellow disciples, let us also know that we may die with him. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the Jew four days. Bethany was in Jerusalem about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them and console them Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said, "No, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world." When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, "The Teacher is here and is calling for you." And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha. Had When the Jews who were with her in the house consoled her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her. Supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now, when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell on his feet, saying, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, Where are you? And they said, The Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how you are here. But some of them said, Could not you open the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave of a stone against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to the Lord, By this time, you will be an order for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. And I had said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who died came out. His hands and feet bound with linen strips, his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come and married and seen what he did, believed in it. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. So the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered the council and said, What are we to do? For this man performs many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in it and the Romans will come to take away both our place and our nation. But one of them, Caiaphas, who was high preceptor, said to them, You know nothing at all, nor do you understand that it is better for you that one man should die for the people, not that the whole nation should perish. He did not say this of the own but being high preceptor, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation, and not for the nation only. But also, the after one, the children of God were scattered abroad. So, from that day on, they made plans to put it to death. This is the gospel of the Lord. This time of think it and the youngsters of the congregation of visitors to become part of for the children.
2: The Lord says, I will put breath in you, and you shall live. And I will breathe on you, and you will live. And I will put my spirit in you. when we finish reading. We say, this is the word of the Lord. He will do it. And we heard in Romans today, the body is dead. Our body is dead. Our bodies will turn to bone and ashes because of sin. But the spirit is life. And will your pastor read the gospel? Who your pastor read about River Lazarus? Lazarus. Not me. Not Walter. Well, let's, let's remind you about Lazarus again. He was dead in the tomb. He was dead. And what did Jesus do? Jesus went and he talked to a dead man. And you know what? he rose from the dead exactly because he heard the word of the Lord Jesus said get up and come out and that's what we hear the word of the Lord and we are alive with Jesus Walter's alive and ready to go right <clears throat> yeah let's say a prayer dear father thank you for giving us the life Help us remember, even when we're scared, and when we're hurt, and when we're sad, when we cry, that your son Jesus has cried with us and has conquered death. Some chicken wings last night, and I saved all the bones for you. Would you like some?
3: Yes.
2: Well, you'll have to go get your own chicken wings. I brought you a Twizzler. It's kind of like a bone, but with that. Have a great week.
0: We continue with the sermon in My Song is Love Unknown on page 9. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Unless you were paying very close attention, you would have missed it. Jesus' first sign in the Gospel of John is done very quietly. At his mother's request, he turns 120 gallons of water into wine at a wedding in Cana, a few miles north of Nazareth. Jesus does the miracle discreetly. Only Mary, his disciples, and the servants know what happened. It was the first of Jesus' signs of who he really is, but he does not make a big deal out of it. His identifying signs become less discreet as he interacts with the Samaritan woman at the well and tells her all about herself, and she shares it with her whole village. Then back in Cana, Jesus heals the son of an official from Capernaum. Down in Jerusalem on a Sabbath, Jesus heals a crippled man at the pool of Bethesda, and the man tells the Jewish leaders it was Jesus who did it. Up in Galilee, Jesus feeds 5,000 people, and then walks on water. In our Gospel reading last week, Jesus heals a man born blind in Jerusalem, causing a great stir among the people and the religious leaders. The number of people following Jesus grows, and the opposition to Jesus grows. There are plans to arrest Jesus and plots to kill Jesus, especially in the areas around Jerusalem. The whole time there, it's a tense situation. But despite the danger, Jesus visits Jerusalem for the winter feast of dedication, which is now called Hanukkah. And while he's there, the Jews pick up rocks and are ready to stone Jesus to death. But he escapes and goes down across the Jordan, where it's calmer. And safer. Jesus starts out discreetly doing signs. Now he's going to do a sign with audacity. Jesus is going to take bold risks. At Jesus' first miracle at Cana, he tells his mother, Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Well, now Jesus' hour has come. He's across the Jordan at the place John had been baptizing. He's hunkered down with his disciples. People come to Jesus saying, John did no sign, but everything that John said about this man, it was true.
3: And into this riverside
0: place of peace and safety comes a messenger from the village of Bethany near Jerusalem. Jesus' friend Lazarus is sick. His sisters, Mary and Martha, want Jesus to come and heal Lazarus. The disciples, though, must really tense up, thinking they have to return to where Jesus was almost killed. They don't understand that it is now Jesus' hour. Jesus is going to be audacious, and he strategically sets everything up just right. He delays their return to Bethany by telling the disciples, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. So it sounds like they're staying put for a while, so the disciples relax. But then two days pass, and Jesus announces to them, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples have been relieved. Now they're concerned. They protest, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and you are going there again? It's kind of cute how the disciples, just like us, feel the need to remind Jesus of the reality of the situation as they second-guess his decisions. Jesus declares that it's time to act while it is day and that Lazarus is asleep and Jesus will go awaken him. And then he has to explain to the disciples that when he said Lazarus is is asleep, he meant Lazarus is dead. Thomas, knowing the risks of going to Jerusalem, bravely declares to the twelve, Let us also go, that we may die with him. Jesus and the disciples go to Bethany. They meet Lazarus, his sister Martha, on the road. Martha's distraught with grief over her brother, who's been dead now for four days. She's upset that Jesus wasn't there to save Lazarus, but she still retains faith in Jesus. Martha says to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus says to her, your brother will rise again. Martha says to Jesus, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Martha has good, solid faith in God. She knows, perhaps better than many Christians today, that the dead will be raised on the last day. What she doesn't know is she has the resurrection standing right in front of her. Jesus is truly audacious. He confronts death and declares, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Jesus is the resurrection and he declares victory over death right there in Bethany to grieving Martha with Lazarus laying dead and nearby in a tomb. Jesus declares authority over death and now he will demonstrate that audacious authority in front of a crowd of witnesses so there will be no denying what he has done. Martha goes to get Mary and Mary quickly gets up and departs and the Jews in the house follow, and they all meet Jesus on the road. Mary's crying. The Jews are crying. Everyone's torn up by the death of Lazarus. Death is tragic. Death is the enemy. Death is not part of God's original plan of creation, but death is a result of sin. Jesus is deeply moved and troubled by death and asked to be taken to the grave. And then Jesus weeps. Even knowing what is about to happen, death troubles Jesus. Death saddens Jesus. And I think that's an important point to remember when Christians mourn the death of a loved one. There's some social push lately to not have a funeral or a memorial service, but instead have a celebration of life. And I fear this can make some folks feel guilty That they're sad about the death of a loved one. As if their grief is somehow denying the resurrection of the dead. Jesus shows us here how there's absolutely a resurrection of the dead. And at the same time, death still brings tears. There's a murmuring in the crowd as there was with Mary and Martha. Why didn't Jesus keep Lazarus from dying? Jesus, Mary, and Martha, the crowd of Jews, go to the tomb, and Jesus, with great audacity, demand that they take away the stone in front of the tomb. And at this point, Martha, dear, practical Martha, really must protest. Okay, all this raising of the dead talk, it's great, it's all fine and dandy, but this is real death. There is a real dead body in that tomb and it has been four days and real dead bodies decompose and they start to smell like, well, they start to smell like death. Jesus, however, is not worried about the reality or the stench of death because Jesus has real authority over death. And with great audacity, Jesus says to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Jesus' audacity is greater than their practical concerns about the stink of death, and they roll away the stone. Jesus prays out loud so the people will hear him and know that Jesus is the one sent by God the Father. And then Jesus does something so audacious that it's really ridiculous. Jesus yells at a corpse. Jesus gives an order to a dead man. Lazarus, come out! How stupid is it to yell orders at a dead man? It's ultimately stupid. Unless, unless you are the resurrection and the life. Unless you have authority over death unless you are God in flesh. The dead man obeys Jesus' command, and Lazarus comes walking out of the tomb wrapped in grave clothes. Jesus orders that he be unbound and freed. In front of a crowd of onlookers, Jesus raises a man from the dead who has been dead for four days, and the people are amazed at what they see. Some believe that Jesus is the Christ sent from God. Others are horrified because Jesus is their enemy and they run off to the Pharisees to report what has happened. Jesus purposely does an audacious miracle that cannot be explained away or ignored and the Jewish leaders are stirred to action. Jesus must die. He must die as soon as possible. The Jewish leaders lament, if we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. And the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. You can't let someone live who's audacious enough to command dead people to live and they obey. It's time for Jesus to die. Jesus' hour has come. But one of them, Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all nor do you understand that it is better for you that one man should die for the people, not that the whole nation should perish. Caiaphas is more right than he knows. Truly, truly, it is better for one man to die to save the people. This is what Jesus has come to do. This is Jesus' mission that will soon bring him in front of Caiaphas to be questioned, found guilty, turned over to Pontius Pilate, flogged, crowned with thorns, paraded through the streets, and crucified at Golgotha, the place of a skull. Jesus' audacity in raising Lazarus from the dead leads to Jesus' crucifixion and death and burial in a tomb. Jesus trades places with Lazarus, but Jesus has authority over death. This is quite an Easter gospel reading here in the middle of Lent. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Jesus can raise the dead. Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. Jesus himself is raised from the dead. And Jesus will raise you from the dead. And so it is with great audacity that each week you confess in the creed that you believe in the resurrection the of the dead. You believe in the resurrection of your body on the last day. It is with great audacity that at funerals we declare Jesus' words I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. It is with great audacity that that even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you fear no evil. In the face of the death of a loved one, in the face of your own death, you're saddened. But you do not grieve as those who have no hope. For you have great hope. For you have Jesus. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. You have the audacity to believe that you have eternal life. And you know that it's true. Because that is what Jesus has promised you. Amen. And now may the peace of God, the peace that is beyond understanding, keep your hearts and minds in true faith until our Lord Jesus returns in glory. Amen. We rise and confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed.
4: today. You have visited your creation in your Son. Grant that our homes would always receive Him, and that husbands and wives and brothers and sisters would rejoice to hear His promises, steadfastly believing them and ever living in their life. Lord, in your mercy. Lord of all, you are the true source of life, which you give through the power of your Spirit. Humble those who are given authority over the lives of our people. That they would discharge this duty honorably in accord with your will. Lord, in your mercy. Amen. O Lord, the ones you love our ill and need your holy care, especially Isaac, Don, June, Ella, Barbara, Henry, Danielle, and Kathleen, make haste to help them. Spare their lives. On the last day, call them from their graves and unite them to you and all your saints. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Holy Father, in baptism you have given the new birth of water and Spirit. Make your children strong in your spirit, that they may shun the works of the flesh and live in this world, expecting the resurrection and the life of the world to come. Lord, in your mercy. Hear Hear our prayer. prayer. Into your hands, O oh Lord, we command all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy. Through Jesus Christ our Lord.
0: Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, and Jesus Christ our Lord, who overcame the assaults of the devil and made his life as a ransom for many, that with cleansed hearts we might be prepared joyfully to celebrate the Paschal feast in sincerity and truth. Therefore, with angels and heart angels, with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, praise and we praising you and saying, You would strengthen us to the same in faith toward you and in firm walk toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns in rain, through the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Oh.